الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قد افلح المؤمنون الذين هم في صلاتهم خاشعون والذين هم عن اللغو معرضون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ذاق طعم الايمان من رضي بالله ربا وبالاسلام دينا وبمحمد رسولا او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Over the past few weeks, we had been discussing the ayat of Surah Al-Mu'minun. And in these ayat, Allah Ta'ala declares that the believers are successful, those believers who have certain qualities in their lives. <coughs> and among the qualities that are mentioned, the first qualities, quality that is mentioned is alladheena hum fi salatihim khashi'oon those believers are successful who have khushu in their salah and as described previously that khushu is that a person is totally devoted to his salah neither is there any unnecessary physical movements and nor is his heart moving around anywhere one person was performing salah and nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam observed him and at that time he began fiddling something with his beard so nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam saw this and he said that law khasha'a qalbu hadha la khasha'at jawarihuhu had they been khushu in his heart now then they would have been khushu in his limbs also then he would not have made this unnecessary movement and he would not be creating any deficiency in his salah in this manner so this khushu is completely devoting oneself to one salah the body is also there is no unnecessary movement the movements that are part of salah that is obvious but together with that nothing else over and above that nothing else and a person out of necessity out of need needs to scratch something whatever that too as far as possible he will try to avoid and just pacify himself that just another minute or two by the time i complete my salah and then i will take care of this but for now i am in salah and sometimes that which shaitan was trying to distract him by that itch that he feels at that time by resisting it that itself becomes a means of additional khushu because now he is devoting himself even deeper in the salah that I don't want to get distracted so shaitan was trying to now distract him in that manner he turned that into something positive for himself by not giving in to that each at that time or whatever so now this became a means of his concentration coming deeper so in any case this is the aspect that nabi sallallahu alaihi mentioned allah taala mentions in the quran sharif alladheena hum fi salatihim khashi'oon and this nabi sallallahu alaihi mentioned in this particular hadith that this khushu of the limbs 
this is linked to the khushu of the heart. To the extent that there will be khushu in the heart, that the heart is in the salah, to that extent the body will be in the salah. So in any case, this was something that was discussed in somewhat detail and there is a, an ocean of incidents, an ocean of knowledge in regard to salah, the importance of salah, the importance of khushu in salah and how the true servants of Allah Ta'ala, what was their devotion in salah, how much they dedicated themselves to salah, let alone the faraiz, let alone the five far salah, over and above that, their attachment to the nafil salah, unfortunately nowadays the slightest little uh, work comes up, something we are busy, we call ourselves busy, but we are so busy we don't have the time to perform even the sunnat muakkada sometimes. The sunnat muakkada is omitted. Nafil is something sometimes very far away from our mind also. Whereas these nawafil are not by the way, it's extremely great. In the hadith sharif, Nabi sallallahu says that Allah ta'ala says, that a person does not get closer to me with anything more than with those things that are farz, the faraiz. This is the thing that takes a person closest to Allah Ta'ala. But then after a point, there's still some more space for progress. Now the faraiz are complete, what next? <coughs> so Allah Ta'ala says that وَمَا ذَالَ عَبْدِي يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلِ حَتَّى أَحْبَبْتُهُ that my servant then continues to get closer to me by means of the nafil salah. Not nafil without farz. The farz is a foundation. But with the foundation being there, the faraiz are in place, now he continues to progress with nawafil to the extent Allah Ta'ala says, Hatta ahbabtuhu. Until I start loving him. Can we imagine this napak insan, this impure and filthy human being, and Allah Ta'ala says, the creator and the sustainer of the universe, He says, I make him my beloved, I then love him. Subhanallah. Allah Ta'ala loves this banda. So what is the means of getting to that point is the nawafil, together with the faraiz. So there is a very great need that we have nawafil in our life as well. Even if it is for a start, there is some nafil somewhere. And the least is at least two rakats with the niyat of Tayyamul Layl before we go to bed at night or after the Isha Salah. This is the bare minimum. The Hajjud is the greatest of all the Nawafil. But if a person doesn't have the Himmat and the courage of the Hajjud, then the starting point is after his Isha at least he makes two rakats. Two rakats Nafil after the Sunnats with the niyat of Tayyamul Layl. This too will be the basic level of the Hajjud. The basic level of tahajjud at least will be done. There is some nafil in his life also. Surakats at that time will inshallah take care of this on the basic level. Not that this must become the end point. This is the starting point. And then a person aims for higher, makes dua for higher. Allah Ta'ala give tawfiq to wake up in the last part of the night too. But to start off somewhere. So these nawafil are very important. And if a person becomes conscious in the nawafil, this will add to his, the consciousness in his faraiz as well. So this is something that Allah has stated as the first quality of those who are truly successful. Really these are the things that are truly worth anything in life. Everything else is going to get left behind. 
great, great kings came and went, they took nothing. They had such awe and such fear they instilled in the hearts of people, but when they left, they left empty-handed. And all that they thought was part of success in dunya, nothing came along. All that got left behind. The real success is only the akhirat. There was one king, Wasiq Billah, he was among the Abbasid Khulafa. After some time, he had come, but he was somebody who had ruled in a way which was not in conforming to the commands of Allah Ta'ala and a lot of zulm and oppression also, unfortunately, he ruled with the iron fist. He was somebody that with one sign or with one indication of the eye, one slight indication and somebody's head will get thrown, cut off. One indication and the person, the executioner would know what to do. This is a kind of awe and fear he had put into the hearts of people. And when the time came towards his end, he was very sick, so the person who was his special attendant, his name he was also had become known as Wasiqi, the Wasiq's man. So in any case, he is describing the scene, he says that I attended to him in his last days. And eventually the time came now, he is lying there on that bed of his and he finally, his eyes closed up and he was motionless. So he says now, he is motionless, it appears that he is now dead. But all those that were there, nobody had the guts, nobody had the courage to go close to even investigate, is he really dead? This was the amount of fear that he had put into the hearts of people for himself. Nobody wanted to go near. He says, eventually I plucked the courage and I went close to him and in order to see whether he's breathing, I put my finger close to his nose. And at that time, he was still in his last moments. At that time, he opened his eye. Just at that moment, as I was putting my finger close to his nose to this, can I feel any breath? At that time he opened his eyes. He says, I got such a shock now that if he is still living and now he discovers that I am trying to see whether he is dead and that will become my moth. He says, I got such a shock that I fell to the ground. My sword which was in my sheath with the force of the fall, it broke. But this was the last time that he had opened his eyes. And then he closed it and it closed forever. He says, but I had become so shocked with this one moment. In any case, he says, then I regained my composure, woke up. Then again, everybody noticed, definitely now he's gone. So, after a while, I checked up again, definitely he was gone. So, I covered him with a sheet of cloth. Sometimes, Allah Ta'ala makes certain things happen as ibrat, as lesson. He was the person with one indication of the eye and people's heads would get chopped off. So he says, we covered him with a cloth. So after a while, suddenly I felt like there's some movement under the cloth. So I got a shock again. That Did we get deceived again? We thought he was dead. Is he still alive? So he says, again, very, very cautiously I moved that sheet off his face. There was a little mouse that had already taken out his eye from his, from his socket 
and was now running away with it. And she says, I was totally astonished and amazed at this, that this was the eye that in one blink would cause people's lives to go. In one blink, what what it would do? In one indication, what not would decisions would get made? But Allah Ta'ala brought that day when this eye also, one little mouse is taking him and running away and he can do nothing about it. So all the pride of a person, all his arrogance, everything gets left in the dust. Nothing, nothing will go with. What will go with? قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ The believers are successful. Which believers? الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ Those who have this khushu in their salah. They are truly devoted to Allah Taala, And this, their life revolves around salah. Salah doesn't revolve around other things in life. Other things don't dictate when salah will happen. The business won't dictate that whether salah would be in time or after time. Or with jamaat or without jamaat. Or Allah forbid whether qaza or not. The business won't dictate that. Salah will dictate what time the business will open, what time it will close. That is now salah time, it will close. And you don't open before salah is over. Salah will dictate where a person goes, when he goes. That now I got to plan myself in such a way that I don't miss my salah. I don't miss my jamaat. So salah will dictate his life. And salah will organize his life. He will not make any plans in his day without first considering what time is salah, where he's going to be at the time, how he's going to get in time for that. This will be his plan. This will be the way he will go to sleep. As we discussed that many times person is sleeping, going to sleep and he's busy making all his plans. Some person has got a master plan. A five year master plan. All his business and his properties and whatever other work and projects and his ambitions and his desires. Somebody's got a five year master plan and somebody a ten year master plan. Allah forbid somebody 50 year master plan so we're planning so many things we forget to plan how we're going to wake up for Fajr and make it to the Masjid for Jamaat that plan we didn't make so this is the means of that success الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ nevertheless to then move on Allah Ta'ala then mentions that the next quality in these believers who are successful the first is this aspect of salah. That they give the highest priority in their lives to salah. And then the second thing Allah Ta'ala says, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّغْوِ مُعْرِضُونَ That those who stay far away from all things that are futile. عَنِ اللَّغْوِ One level of lahu is sin. That is already in the category of sin. It takes a person into haram. It takes a person into things that are clearly forbidden by Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. And then there's a level, lower level of lahu where there are things which might not be haram, clearly haram, but they neither benefit a person, though they may not harm a person. But there's no benefit in it. It's futile. In terms of the akhirat, totally futile, neither is there any worldly benefit in it. This is also a level of lahu. And there's another level which even reaches sin also. 
Allah Ta'ala is saying that those who they turn away from lahu, from futility. One meaning of this ayat is that lahu in speech, lahu in speech, they don't get caught up in all unnecessary bickering. Somebody said something to them, then they're giving, they're answering in like. This is not their way. One is the right. The right, if a person has been harmed in some way, then al ainu bil ain, an eye for an eye, this is something which is a right. But the other is the way of those who Allah Ta'ala is describing. Nabi Wasallam, that was a right to take revenge in equal proportion. But what did he do? Man li nafsihi abada. He never ever took revenge for his personal self. His whole life never took revenge for his personal self. A right is in its place to exercise the right. That is a separate issue. Deen teaches us this is the way that the dunya is being taken right now. That every person must demand his rights. And the whole focus is on demanding rights. We are forgetting to fulfill our duties. Whereas the mizaj and the temperament of shariat is the whole focus on the fulfilling of duties and responsibilities. And rights, if everybody is fulfilling their duties, who is going to be there to be asking for rights? And if somebody errs, somebody doesn't do their part of it, Nabi Islam says, Fasbiru hatta talqawni al hawd. Make sabr, on the day of qiyamah, I'll compensate you for it. So in any case, one is this lahu in speech, not getting involved in all kinds of unnecessary bickering, whatever. For the Chaisman Shaheed, great personality of his time, he is giving a talk in the Jama Masjid in Delhi. A huge gathering. And one person who was just there to create mischief, he stands up in the midst of the gathering. And he says to him that I have heard that you are an illegitimate person. Now can we imagine somebody being told something like this even in privacy outside nobody else listening nobody here overhearing that too would be something intolerable obviously it's extreme provocation and now let alone being told outside where nobody is hearing being told in a gathering and that to a huge gathering and that too inside the masjid in the house of Allah Ta'ala. Now, he could have answered in like and generally when somebody says something to us which we are uncomfortable with, we are not happy about, then we will answer in like but not just in like. Then if he said something to us, then it will be said back to him, to his father and grandfather. His whole lineage will be all targeted one time. And here Shah Ismail Shaheed in the midst of this whole gathering, this is the thing that is being said to him. So he doesn't even change the, his composure. His composure doesn't change. His voice, his tone doesn't change. And all he says to him that, Brother, you are mistaken. You are mistaken. The witnesses to my parents' nikah are still alive. You can go and find out for yourself. And then he continues like nothing happened. He continues like nothing happened. He had no time to get involved in all this. Because those who have higher objectives, person who has higher objectives, he doesn't get caught up in small, small things. Person doesn't have any objectives, then every small thing will take his time, take his attention. 
a person is busy making millions and now he sees somebody trying to now distract him somewhere and is saying some hurtful things to him but now if he's going to turn his attention to that person then this machine making millions here is going to now come to a halt so he says, don't, don't pay attention to him, just ignore him, carry on serve the customers now whatever he's saying forget about him, don't pay attention to him now is the time to serve the customers because you're going to worry about him, the customer will go away so when the customer is there and he's a big customer and he's going to be buying so now we prepare to ignore whatever it is for that what the customer will bring so those who have their gaze on the treasures of Allah Ta'ala those who have their gaze on the treasures of Allah Ta'ala then these are small things for them it doesn't matter to them who said what it doesn't hurt us our focus is towards Allah Ta'ala person who is focused towards Allah Ta'ala then he takes this and turns it into a positive as well that whatever this person said wasn't a good thing it hurt me but now that a sabr that I made on it, Alhamdulillah, that took me closer to Allah Ta'ala. Shalom, this too was good for me. So this is the way of the people who are truly successful. One is in speech. They got no time to get involved in all unnecessary things. Bickering and somebody said this and somebody said that. They let it pass. If somebody said something and they have to even, though they were not at fault, they say, okay, my mistake. Let it go. And that too is a small thing for them. To accept somebody else's mistake as theirs. No big deal. Why? Because they have higher objectives. Now the person is going to get into an argument. And he's going to get into some quarrel. And that will then get prolonged. Then he'll come into the masjid. And he'll say Allahu Akbar. And as he's now supposed to be reciting Suratul Fatiha. But now he is rewinding the whole thing in his mind. When I go back. These are the points I missed out. I must go and now say all these things. Now his whole salah became the quarrel also. Now he's in sajda. He's supposed to be getting closest to Allah. Wa ta'ala. And now in sajda he's thinking of what else to now go back and add to whatever he said. Or certain things he didn't have the answer for at that time. Some things that were thrown at him. He didn't know what to say because he was now probably at fault. But now he worked out something how to come out of it. Now he's working it out in sajda now. So that unnecessary thing, small thing, trivial thing, some mundane thing, something that could have been easily dismissed. Sometimes there are bigger things, but something that could have been easily dismissed, just bypass it and carry on with life. But now the person got into it and he prolonged it. Whether it was something within the four walls of the home, something out on the street, something in the business, wherever it may be. But now the person got into it, now what what is doing to him? Now this is a lahu. And the mu'min who is truly successful, one of the qualities in his life is وَالَّذِينَهُمْ عَنِ اللَّغْوِ مُعْرِضُونَ He doesn't have time to get into all this. Let it go. Life carries on. So this aspect of lahu in speech is one. Then lahu in actions. That he doesn't get involved in things that are futile, no benefit. One is if it is sinful that he's already gone into haram. That is bad enough. But things that may not necessarily be haram in itself. But many things lead to haram. It will start off sometimes on a note of something small. But that becomes the stepping stone to something big. That becomes the stepping stone to haram. So a person who 
is genuinely concerned, then he will be careful about all the things that lead to haram. Person now is sitting and playing with his phone. Now the phone is a device. There's nothing that comes somebody can put a fatwa on the phone that this is not permissible. It's a device, it's something that's an instrument. The issue is how the person uses it. But now how does a person use it? That is in front of us. That what is the extent of the use of this device for haram? Now a person says, well I'm, I just want to watch, just find some information on something totally innocent. But now he's going through various sites and then he says, no I just stumbled on something and then I fell so hard I couldn't wake up. He was just surfing. But now that surfing, sometimes you fall off that surfboard. And then sometimes a person falls off in such a way that he gets down also. Now this is that lahu. It started off, one is that a person had some real genuine need, but how often is that? To really be looking into something due to genuine need, because it affects his business, whatever the case is, that's a very small percentage. The rest of it, the minimum is this lahu, and most of it unfortunately, is already gone into the boundaries of haram. And then the repercussions that come, the repercussions come in so many ways, but often a person cannot put his finger on the pulse that where did this come from? But it came from all this lahu involvement. How many people are gone into so many things, Allah forbid, and have destroyed their lives to such an extent, and all started off from this lahu. Sports, a person is watching, <coughs> following some sports news. But now the sports news takes him from one thing to the other. And before he knows it, he's into something completely different also. Now that apparently seemed harmless, apparently. Whereas it's not harmless at all. It's got very deep harms in it. But now on the surface it seemed fine. But where it finished off, ask those who know where it finished off. Where it took them and threw them. How many people are then suffering the consequences of it? So Allah Ta'ala is giving us that warning beforehand. On the one hand, these are the qualities that are possessed by the believers who are successful. The same time, this is a warning that don't get into the opposite of it. Don't get into that lahu. Refrain from that lahu, this is a means of success. Getting into that lahu is a means of dragging a person towards destruction. So the thing is that to occupy one's time with those things which are constructive. When a person has occupied himself with things that are constructive, then there won't be time for lahu. Constructive things is not that a person all the time will be sitting with the tasbih. That is a part of a mu'min's life. But there are many constructive things over and above that, together with that, apart from that, there are many constructive things on a mubah level, but constructive, on a permissible level, but constructive. Whether it is within the home, whether it is outside, whatever the case is, there are permissible things, but there is some tangible benefit for dunya also. So to get oneself occupied in something constructive, one's children, etc., occupied in something constructive, which might be on the permissible level, not necessarily something that we might identify as directly ibadat, but it is constructive, it is not just futile. 
Otherwise, this leads to many things that become a problem later in life. So Allah wa ta'ala is giving us these sifat, these qualities of those who are truly successful. That the first quality, الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ That those who are devoted to their salah, they have this complete khushu. So obviously the salah is in place, they five times salah with jama'ah, they are making an effort for takbir ula, and then to have this khushu and khudu in that salah as well, and then they are abstaining from lahu. Then the third thing Allah Ta'ala says, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِلزَّكَاةِ فَاعِلُونَ That they discharge their zakat. So the monetary obligations of a person also, he is not shirking in that. One is the aspects of his physical ibadat. So his physical ibadat is also being fulfilled. Salah is the height of it. The person is completing his salah. Then inshallah if fasting comes, he's not going to shirk from fasting. Other physical ibadat, if he is very conscious of his salah, those things will all fall into place. So it doesn't mean that a person besides salah, he is neglecting everything else. If his salah is in order, the other physical ibadat will be in place inshallah. If his salah is deficient, there will be a problem elsewhere to a greater extent. Then together with the physical ibadat, his monetary ibadat is in place also. Now zakat is something to be discharged from one's wealth. The wealth that Allah Ta'ala has blessed. In the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, What we gave them, from that they spend. What Allah Ta'ala gave. And everything belongs to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has already purchased our lives, and our wealth, and already in lieu of that, already given us Jannat. إِنَّ اللَّهَ اشْتَرَى مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ أَنفُسَهُمْ وَأَمْوَالَهُمْ بِأَنَّ لَهُمُ الْجَنَّةِ Allah Ta'ala has purchased from the believers their lives, and their wealth in lieu of Jannat. Now that is the merchandise that already has been bought. Now we've given this over. And subhanAllah, what kind of a bargain this is too? It is like a person, he's selling something to somebody. I'm selling this car to you. How much it is? He says 100,000 rands. So first from his pocket he gives him 100,000 rands. And he says, now buy this car from me. So he gave him the money, and then he's selling the car to him. With the money that he gave him, he's now selling the car to him. So is that any real sale as such? That's a gift. That's a total gift. That it belongs to the person himself. Likewise, we belong to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala created us. And yet Allah Ta'ala says that I have bought your life and wealth now. I'm giving you something in return. I'm giving you Jannat in return. Life and wealth already is Allah Ta'ala's. But now Allah Ta'ala is saying that you give just the small portion away of your wealth. This is the obligatory portion. Two and a half percent. That too has so many different conditions attached to it. Before that two and a half percent becomes compulsory. The minimum amount of nisab. And then that nisab was owned for one whole year. This too is a masla on its own. This is not the occasion to get into the detail of the masla. But something nevertheless we should check beforehand when discharging the zakat, that we have understood this correctly. That generally people are of the misconception that the wealth must be owned for one year. Meaning any wealth that was acquired. So now, person had some wealth now, on the first of Muharram he had some wealth, for example, 100,000, then after six months later another 1 million came. So he says, well the six months later, this came now only six months later, so after one year zakat will be wajib on this. 
No, 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 that's not the case. Zakat is compulsory from the time a person owned nisab, the minimum amount on which zakat becomes compulsory. At the moment is 5,000 and some change. So now on the first of Muharram, he became the owner of nisab. So 12 months later, provided his wealth didn't reach zero at any time in the course of that year. If it reached zero, then when he became the owner of Nisab again, it will restart. But otherwise, whatever fluctuations took place, as long as it didn't come down to zero. At the end of the Islamic year, the last day of Zul Hijjah, according to the lunar calendar, 12 months have passed, he must now calculate zakat on whatever he owns, on that 30th of Zul Hijjah or 29th of Zul Hijjah, whatever he owns. If on that day, one day before that, another 10 million came, and on the 30th of Zul Hijjah, he will count the 10 million also for his zakat calculation. So when one lunar calendar has passed, and he owns Nisab at the two ends, and it didn't go to zero anywhere in between, then on the last day of that lunar calendar year, Whatever he owns, whether that came one day before or six months before, everything will be calculated, which is zakatable obviously. will all be calculated for zakat purposes. So now the person is conscious about his wealth, that Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with this. This is Allah Ta'ala's gift. He has to discharge whatever is Allah Ta'ala's command. So now he is conscious about discharging his zakat and discharging it correctly. One is discharging the zakat. But that too is not just done haphazardly. Anybody that passes by, he just gives it and doesn't take care to know that, am I doing the right thing? Am I discharging the zakat correctly? So zakat is a very great pull of Islam. It is linked, whoever in the Quran Sharif, in numerous places, where salah is mentioned, zakat is mentioned. Salah and zakat, side by side. So this too is a great ibadat and it's supposed to be done with the spirit of zakat. Many a times a person now is discharging his zakat. So now he's done his calculation. So whatever the zakat is compulsory on, by all means, he may discharge it from that. He's got cash from the cash. Zakat is compulsory on stock. He can give it from the stock. But now what kind of stock? So sometimes now the dead stock, that for zakat. The dead stock for Allah Ta'ala. One person, his child got very sick. So now when his child got very sick, so now he is standing there and he's looking like, don't know whether his child will survive or not. So he's saying, Ya Allah, if this child survives, then that buffalo that is outside, I will sacrifice it for you. Now in India, people, simple family, their life revolves around the milk they get from these animals and that's how they survive so now he's saying I'll sacrifice this buffalo now he himself was somebody who would be very hard to take anything out of him now suddenly he's saying Ya Allah this whole buffalo for you now the, somebody else in the family was standing around at his side at that time and they overheard him taking this vow and they knew what kind of person he is they got surprised that he's saying this the buffalo will get sacrifice for Allah Ta'ala they asked him you really mean it now when the person asked him you really mean it he thought that what if this child survives I'll have to really sorry it man so he says ya Allah that actually what I meant was 
that buffalo which got stolen yesterday. That when I find that one, that's the one I will slaughter. So any case, the person knew him well. So he asked him, even if that one comes back, you'll slaughter it for sure? And he thought about it for a while and he said, no, I don't think I'll be able to do that too. So he said, ya Allah, last week the one that died, that one for you. And when it comes to giving for Allah Ta'ala, the one that already died, that is for Allah Ta'ala. The dead stock for Allah Ta'ala. Whereas, zakat is also something to be done wholeheartedly. Something for Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala gave us after all. It's come from Him. So when Allah Ta'ala has given, you give that which we would have been happy to receive. Had a person been on the other side of the fence, what he would be happy to receive. Allah Ta'ala Himself spells out this in the Quran Sharif. They don't spend that which you yourself would not have taken illa an tughmidu fi that only if you, had, if you had to take it, you would take it grudgingly then I got no choice in it, what do I do now, I got to take it you won't be happy to take it but because of desperation you'll take it so don't do the same the other way around now that you're only giving something because now you got no need for it no use for you and the other person has got no choice in it, so he's going to take it so zakat is also something to be done with an open heart and this is the security of a mu'min. Hazrat Shaykh al-Hadith Muhammad has written one incident of one buzruk of their family that he one day came the next morning and he is narrating to somebody he had this he was a simple person actually he came to narrate it to the buzruk of the time and he saying to him that Maulana kal to ghazab ho gaya See, something very strange happened yesterday. He says, what happened? He says, no, well, I was lying down. I was on my bed. And in that little, like a, another room outside, there's a small little padlock, which I bought for like, in our context now, for Turan, made in China, whatever it is. So, you pull it hard enough, it'll break, let alone using any instruments to break it. So, he says, a small padlock was there. And now, while I'm trying to sleep, I can hear there's some sound, something is happening somewhere. So I looked out from the window and I see these people are trying to pick that lock. Somebody is trying to break into that room. So I carried on lying on my bed and I said to them, look, I've already paid my zakat. You can carry on trying till the morning, that is going to happen. He says, and I went to sleep. I carried on sleeping. I didn't even bother to wake up. He says, but I could hear some little bit in the background. They tried and tried and tried and finally they went away. Till the morning they got nothing out of it and I went everything is fine. Everything is as is. But the yaqeen he had that his zakat being discharged correctly was his security. He said to them, I paid the zakat for this. I paid the zakat for all that I own. You can do what you want. One is paying that zakat, paying it correctly, paying it with the right heart and then that yaqeen on that zakat also. Doing it for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. But that this is our security. This is the real security. <clears throat> In fact, there is one incident mentioned, Sheikh Ramadan mentioned this incident also, that when the British were in India, and one area, the English had all their properties there and so on, and they had Indians working for them. So one day, one, there, there was a huge fire that caught up, and numerous of these homes burned down. So the person who was working for one of these English officials, he was in a high position in government, he came running, all the way he came rushing all the way to Delhi, 
Now from some other place, this is a few hundred kilometers away. He came by train or however he came, came rushing, huffing and puffing. And he said, you know what, I've got terrible news. Your house has burned down. Now this is an Englishman. Sheikh Ramdali says that this person this had become very, the story had become well known and he heard it from authentic people. So this Englishman, he says, didn't pay any attention to the news that this fellow gave. Now he's a worker and he's thinking that I'd rather come and mention what it is because otherwise I'll be take, taken to task. Why didn't you come and give the message? So he says that when this person, this Englishman, didn't pay any attention, so now with more urgency, he's saying, I've come to give this terrible news, your whole house has burned down. So he's still not paying attention. When he said it for the third time, now this is not a Muslim, this is a disbeliever. He's saying, now I paid the zakat for it. I finished paying the zakat, so therefore my house couldn't have got burned. This fellow is bewildered. He, he can't make head and tail of this. What is he talking about? Does he know what he's talking about? But now what does he do now? He doesn't have the courage to now take it any further. So in any case, he then finally left. He went back all the way. When he got back, now things had settled. In that commotion, he also just rushed off because the whole place was in fire. So in that commotion, he just rushed off at that time. But now when he came, everything was now calm. Things were now under control. It was realized that few houses got saved. One of them was this Englishman's house. And the rest were all burned down around him. Very, very strange. He came back. He mentioned this to people. So now they came and asked him, what you were talking about? Okay, your house got saved. What you were talking about? He says, no, I learned from the Muslims that you pay zakat, then your wealth will be protected. So I also started doing the same. I also started paying according to how they discharge zakat. I also started making the calculations accordingly. And I also pay zakat. Now, where is not a believer? But this is something which the Ahlullah state, that in the commands of deen, even if a disbeliever has to do some of these things, in dunya he also will benefit. There are so many aspects of sunnat, even if a kafir also adopts it, in dunya he also will benefit. The akhirat is only for the believers. There is nothing in the akhirat for a person without iman. But in dunya even a disbeliever will benefit. So a mu'min to what more greater extent he will benefit. So Allah wa ta'ala has made these the aspects that we have to focus our life towards. This is where our success lies in giving our heart and soul to Allah wa ta'ala. Starting off with the aspect of salah, keeping ourselves away from all this lahu, all these futile things, and then the aspect of zakat, wholeheartedly discharging the zakat, discharging it correctly, and being having that full yaqeen that this is where our security lies as well. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq to bring all these qualities in our lives and become the true successful believers. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah. Allah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, 
صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم دل میرا ہو جائے ایک میدان ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو غیر سے بالکل ہی اٹھ جائے نظر تو ہی تو آئے نظر دیکھو جدر اور میرے تن میں بجائے آبوگل درد دل ہو درد دل ہو درد دل نفس و شیطہ دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گو بد کردار ناماسیہ تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخش دے میرے سارے گناہ اب تو رہے بس تادم آخر ورد زبائے میرے الہ لا الہ الا اللہ لا الہ الا اللہ لا الہ الا اللہ 
ഹമ്മദിക്ക് <تصفيق> 
والغنيمه من كل بر والسلامه من كل اسم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذما الا غفرته ولا هما الا فرجته ولا حاجه هي لك رضا الا قضيتها ويسرتها يا ارحم الراحمين يا ارحم الراحمين يا ارحم الراحمين ظلمنا انفسنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم انا نسالك العفو والعافيه والمعافاه الدائمه في الدين والدنيا والاخره والفوز بالجنه والنجاه من النار والفوز بالجنه والنجاه من النار والفوز بالجنه والنجاه من النار اله العالمين يا الله most merciful allah most gracious most kind most loving allah ya allah ya allah Allah, all the sins that we have committed, Ya Allah, you are fully aware of everything, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are acknowledging one and every single thing, Ya Allah. There is nothing we can hide from you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, but we are, we are begging your forgiveness, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you are most forgiving, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you love forgiving, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the sins of the day and night, Ya Allah. Forgive the sins we have committed deliberately and mistakenly, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our relatives, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, show your maghfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the suffering of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the hardships of the ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the poverty from the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the oppression from the ummah, Ya Allah. Hold back the hands of the oppressors, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give them hidayat as well, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, if hidayat is not decreed for them, Ya Allah, wipe them out from the face of this earth, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, we acknowledge whatever is happening is due to our amal, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Give us a tawfiq of those amal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from those amal that bring down your adab, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us khushu and khudu in our salah, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, enable us to perform our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. Give us a tawfiq of takbir ula, Ya Allah. Grant us complete khushu and khudu in our salah, Ya Allah. Enable us to perform such a salah with you, which you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah, save us from all lahu, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah, enable us to discharge the zakat correctly and wholeheartedly ya allah ilahu alamin enable us to act on the entire ya allah complete deen ya allah ya allah save us from all the things that you are displeased with ya allah ya allah save us from every sin ya allah save us from all the haram ya allah ya allah make sin hated and detested in our hearts ya allah ya allah let us detest sin like we detest filth ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah make the ya allah all the good amal become beloved to us ya allah put the love of salah in our hearts ya allah the love of tilawat of the quran sharif put it in our hearts ya allah the love of zikr and dua grant us ya allah ya allah give us the ya allah the taste and the sweetness of ibadat ya allah ya allah give us the taste of dua ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah grant us the allah tawfiq of serving your deen ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah accept us for the khidmat of your deen ya allah accept our progeny till the day of qiyamah ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah grant us halal and tayyib rizq ya allah ya allah save us from every drop and grain of haram ya allah fill our rizq with barakat ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah ya allah grant us all the good that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam big for ya allah ala save us from all the things that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam sought refuge from ya allah ilahu alalamin all those who are sick give them shifaa kamila adila mustamira daima ya allah all those in any hardships and difficulties remove with afiyat ya allah ala all those who have passed away fill their qabrs with noor ya allah make their complete maghfirat ya allah give them the high stages in jannah ya allah ala the time of our death take us with the kalima la ilaha illallah 
محمد الرسول اللہ اللہ ٹھیک ہے سونی ایمان کامل اللہ گیو اس توبت النسوح یا اللہ فلو قبرز بد نور یا اللہ میکو قبرز گارنز اف جنہ فاس یا اللہ گرانہ سی شفاعت اف رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم اللہ گیو اس جنہ تر فردوس وداوت انہی رکنی یا اللہ الہو العالمین یا اللہ all those who are یا اللہ present and all those who have raised their hands to this dua ya allah you grant all their pious aspirations ya allah fulfill all their needs from the ghaib ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah remove all their difficulties and hardships ya allah grant the best of dunya and akhirat ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah all those who ask us to make dua for them ya allah grant them the best of dunya and akhirat ya allah remove all their difficulties and hardships ya allah allahumma inna nas'aluka min khairi ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله واصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب